Hey everyone, welcome back to A Reason for Hope Candid. The next few Candid episodes will feature Dr. David Hyduck, the Director of Theology at Array of Hope. This is the first episode of a gripping three-part Advent series in which Dr. Hyduck unpacks our Lord Jesus' final Advent, Christ's coming at the end of time. In a pithy reflection on the apocalypse, backed by scriptural and historical references, Dr. Hyduck will elaborate on what the human race can expect on both the terrible and glorious day of judgment. On behalf of the Array of Hope Ministry, we pray that this Advent series blesses you and helps you better prepare for our Lord's coming this Advent season. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. David Hyduck. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means arrival or coming. St. Bernard of Clairvaux describes three Advents of the Lord. Our Lord's first coming is in the flesh and in weakness. Another coming is hidden as souls see him within themselves, and his last coming will be in glory and majesty. This Advent reflection will focus on the last coming of Jesus, his final Advent. The belief in the Lord's coming at the end of time is an article of faith. This belief orients our lives properly and is related to the virtue of hope. Few truths are proclaimed more clearly and often in the sacred scriptures than our Lord's return to judge the living and the dead in a last or general judgment. It is a fixture in all the early creeds and held prominence in the preaching of the apostles. Sometimes this coming or advent of the Lord at the end of time, in Greek perusia, is referred to as the Lord's epiphany or appearance other times as the Lord's Apocalypse or Revelation. It is that great and terrible Day of the Lord foretold by the prophets and echoed by the apostles, in which the nations will be summoned to judgment, though it also is called the Day of Christ, the Day of the Son of Man, the Last Day, or simply That Day. On this day, Jesus will come down to earth from heaven in his glorified body in a way similar to which he was taken up into heaven at his ascension, as the angels testify. And when he had said these things, while they looked on, he was raised up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were beholding him going up to heaven, behold, two men stood by them in white garments also said, Ye men of Galilee! Why stand you looking up into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven shall so come as you have seen him going into heaven. It is interesting that a cloud receives the Lord. Daniel's description of his vision of the Messiah to come, the very passage Jesus quotes is referring to himself at his trial, states, I beheld therefore in the vision of the night, and lo, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. And he came even to the Ancient of Days, 
and they presented him before him. And he gave him power and glory and a kingdom, and all peoples, tribes, and tongues shall serve him. His power is an everlasting power that shall not be taken away, and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Jesus referred elsewhere to how he would come in the clouds. They shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty. And the Apocalypse states, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also that pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth shall bewail themselves because of him. Even so. Amen. As we have said, the Lord is coming on a cloud to judge the living and the dead. However, before we discuss this judgment in more detail, we should understand why there will be such a judgment in addition to the particular judgment the Lord will make of each individual person at the moment of his or her earthly death. The Roman Catechism, which is the catechism created after the Council of Trent, offers four reasons why it is fitting that there would be a general or final judgment in addition to the particular judgment. 1. Those that die leave a spiritual and moral legacy. By their fidelity and virtuous deeds, or by their unfaithfulness and sins, whether of commission or omission, they influence their children and their neighbor, and through them, generations to come. However, the future impact of our lives is not accounted for in the particular judgment, though the rewards or punishments of the dead would need to be increased based upon it. The ripple effect of such good or bad example would end only at the end of the world. Justice demands that in order to form a proper estimate of all these good or bad actions and words, a thorough investigation should be made, which could not be without a general judgment of all men. 2. Since the character of the virtuous frequently suffers from misrepresentation, while that of the wicked obtains the commendation of virtue, the justice of God demands that the former recover in the public assembly and judgment of all men the good name of which they had been unjustly deprived before men, and the wicked are rightly seen for what they are. 3. Again, as the just and the wicked perform their good and evil actions in this life, not without the cooperation of the body, it necessarily follows that these actions belong also to the body as to their instrument. It is therefore altogether suitable that the body should share with the soul the due rewards of eternal glory or punishment. But this can only be accomplished by means of a general resurrection and of a general judgment to follow it. 4. Next, it is important to prove that in prosperity and adversity, which are the lot of the good and of the bad, everything is done and ordered by an all-wise and all-just providence. It is therefore necessary not only that rewards should await the just and punishments the wicked in the life to come, but that they should be awarded by a public and general judgment. Thus they will become better known and be conspicuous to all and receive their just reward in heaven. The Catechism of Pope St. Pius X adds that there must be a general judgment so that God will be glorified, that Jesus Christ will be glorified, that the saints may be glorified, and that the wicked will be confounded. God's glory will be manifested in that all shall then know how justly God governs the world, even though here on earth the good are often afflicted and the wicked 
are often in prosperity. The glory of Jesus Christ will be manifested in that he who was unjustly condemned by men shall then come before the whole world as the supreme judge of all. The glory of the saints will be manifested in that many of them who died despised by the wicked shall be glorified before the whole world. And lastly, the general judgment shall be the confusion of the wicked, especially of those who have oppressed the just and who have tried in this life to be esteemed as men of virtue and goodness, for they shall then see even their most hidden sins laid bare before the whole world. It is well attested in the sacred scriptures, as well as by the fathers and doctors of the church, that there will be a time of tribulation that precedes the Lord's coming. This is a mercy from God, as terrible as it will be, to induce people to repentance and to offer them a final chance to forsake their sinful lives. Our Lord says himself, when asked by his apostles, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the consummation of the world? There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations, men withering away for fear and expectation of what shall come upon the whole world. For there shall be then great tribulation, such as hath not been from the beginning of the world until now, neither shall be. And unless those days had been shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be shortened. But this is just the beginning of the sorrow. Jesus continues, And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be moved. There's more to all of this, and it's equally if not more terrible. Everything from earthquakes to famines to plagues to wars. It is a time of purgation, a time of purification for those who will embrace it as such. It will also be a time of trial, a genuine passion for the church, the body of Christ. Jesus alludes to this when he says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall put you to death, and you shall be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be scandalized, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall seduce many. And because iniquity hath abounded, the charity of many shall grow cold. But he that shall persevere to the end, he shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a testimony to all nations, and then shall the consummation come. When therefore you shall see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. He that readeth, let him understand. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told it to you beforehand. Lest we are tempted to think that this is all merely symbolic language to be taken metaphorically, or is simply referring to a historical event which has already occurred, for example, the siege of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, or the persecutions experienced by the early Christians at the hands of the Jews and Romans. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, Numbers 675 and 677 state, 
Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. The persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, a pseudo-messianism by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover, when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled, then, not by a historic triumph of the church through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. So these passages are typical of biblical prophecy. They are symbolic and literal. They point to historical events that have already taken place and to those yet to come. According to tradition, the persecution of the Antichrist will be the bloodiest and most barbarous of all of those which Christianity has ever suffered, so violent that it will cause a great number of Christians to apostatize. But it is only those who persevere to the end that Jesus says will be saved. The number of martyrs will also exceed all previous ages, and all of this should give us pause, even to reflect on how we ourselves often surrender the true faith and accommodate the world or give in to spiritual mediocrity and lukewarmness with much less at stake from an earthly perspective. <laughs> Hey everybody, we got some exciting news. We have a whole new Array of Hope app and channel, a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to God. This is available on your desktop, Roku, Apple TV, iPhones and Android mobile phones and tablets. This channel has movies, short, faith-filled segments, live events, and programs. You've got to check it out. Sign up by going to watch.arrayofhope.net and then download the app at the App Store by just typing in Array of Hope. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this special Advent episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. Next week's podcast episode features Mario Costabile's interview with renowned theologian, Dr. Matthew Levering. They'll be discussing conscience, what it is, and how we can form it. They also closely examine what conscience is not. This is going to be an important episode, and we're so very blessed that Dr. Levering is part of it. If you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast so you're always in the loop for new releases. Also, make sure to follow Array of Hope on social media and check out our music. You can find all this information in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be with you next week for our interview with Dr. Matthew Levering titled, What Conscience Is and Isn't and How to Form It. Until next time, peace be with you.